Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it happen. My name is Kurt Benick, Senior Editor of Equipment Today. And in this episode, Steve Isle, Regional Sales Manager, Thunder Creek provides an overview of the latest developments in bulk diesel fuel, DEF, and oil handling products, including trailers and truck outfits. Let's dig in with Steve now. Steve, are there any new developments in the Thunder Creek product offering? Yeah, so most recently, um, the newest addition is the service and loop upfit. So out of the uh, growing response to the truck upfit for the fuel, so we have the MTT or multi-tank fuel trailer, Mm -hmm. and then that transitioned into a truck upfit that we were doing on the Ford uh, 550 and Dodge Ram 5500 chassis. Uh, we, of course, also had that service and loop trailer. And the next uh, evolution was to basically start putting that on the trucks. We launched that out at Utility Expo this past fall. So that is that is our newest product. Much like on the trailers, we see different needs. Mm-hmm. Right? We've got fleet operators that are wanting to handle their everyday fuel practices with the trailers. But then we have folks that are wanting to use the platform for preventative maintenance, which is performed typically at a separate time um, in, in a lot of cases. So we've got a lot of fleets that are, are looking at it to, to utilize it. Um, we've got a lot of basically equipment, OEM equipment dealers looking to service their fleets that they have out in the field as they sell service packages uh, with new equipment now, right? You can go buy a new pickup truck and maybe three years of oil changes are included. Well, they're doing the same thing, right, with, with the heavy equipment. They're having trouble reaching that those demands and getting the PMs because of the lack of drivers that are available now, and then just the overall cost of a full-blown service and loop truck. Um, that's where this product kind of came into play. Whereas the trailers were were popular, but there were just certain instances, especially in like metro areas, where folks wanted a truck platform. And, and this truck is unique because it still stays under that CDL requirement. So they can a lot of times put a lot lower cost employee in the seat to go out and perform some of those simple uh, PMs. Trailers are useful for dropping off on the job site, but is maneuverability a lot better when they're mounted to the truck or when you, you're not having to tow a trailer around the job site? Yeah, that, that's one of the, the, the biggest benefits of the truck is, you know, not having to have that extra space to turn around, you know, whether it's getting in and off of a busy site, maybe on an interstate or into a small compact yard. Um, I've had things like cell phone towers and things like that come up where they've got a long lane to get down where they just don't want to have to have someone backing a trailer. Now, and I heard you mention that the F-550 is a real popular platform for that, but do you run into weight restrictions? Because you are, you are hauling a lot of fluid, which weighs a lot of, a lot of weight. Is that 550 yeah, so- a, a, a tough Build a fill. Um, on the platform and the design that we have, we're staying under that weight okay. requirement, which keeps it you know well under the weight requirement for CDL. So yep. any kind of configuration that the customer is going to come up with, and and that configuration is very customizable as well, just like it was on the trailer. So you know if if one organization or one group needs just one or two fluids in larger quantities, and then the next. Operation may need six different fluids with waste, oil, and grease capabilities. We can do that. We can even put fuel and diesel exhaust fluid on the on the truck if they would need it. So a lot of flexibility in the platform. But yeah, it's going to come in underweight. 
Okay, I know it's really hard to find drivers, but finding CDL drivers with hazmat's a whole other issue. How does your product help address that issue? Well, that's correct. So on the multi-truck upfit, on the multi-tank truck upfit for the fuel side, we're seeing a lot of interest out of fuel providers and fuel Mm -hmm. distributors, okay, because for them now they don't have to have a hazmat or a CDL driver, and it kind of tends to go after some business that a lot of times they want to avoid, which is those smaller drops. You know, they've got these 35, 4,500-gallon fuel delivery trucks that they need a hazmat and CDL driver. The last thing they really want to do is go out and maybe take 300 gallons to a backhoe and a mini excavator on a job site and top off two or three pieces of equipment, which is kind of the benefit of selling the trailer to the end user. On the service side, we don't run into the hazmat as much because of the oils, and it's not necessarily flammable or not classified as a hazardous material, but the CDL piece is is pretty big. Plus, I'm noticing, too, Kurt, that there's a, a big scale in pay difference between the type of techs. So you've got your top-tier techs that are maybe earning twice as much as a lower-tier tech that could go out and perform a simple uh, preventative maintenance of PM on, you know, a smaller piece of equipment that the truck can handle. Okay, I know a lot of people run mixed fleets. They have newer and older equipment on the job site. With some of the newer equipment in the handling of DEF, do you, are, are contractors really well-versed in how to properly handle and utilize DEF? Because I've heard a lot of issues with after-treatment devices in, in, in the DEF. Yeah, so again, the on the trailer side and the trucks, with our 2-in-1 patented DEF system, it is going to be closed looped, and uh, it eliminates any of that. So it makes it a lot easier for them to use. But you, you do see a lot of challenges out there in the field. And typically what happens is, is obviously those SCR failures are, are starting to sneak up and because guys are mishandling it, refilling jugs, grabbing uh, dirty devices, funnels, and things like that on the, on the yard or out on that job site. And... What I'm noticing contractors will do is spend more money to try to avoid a problem. So they'll order it in in cases of jugs to try to prevent using bulk. And our system's so simple to use, it just directly hooks to it and draws in without opening any lids and just kind of simplifies that for them. Okay. And in terms of um, how important is it for custom configurations and how easy is it for you guys to handle that? Like different contractors have different jobs, different size equipment from compact to midsize different fluid needs. Yeah, so we really wanted this product, whether it's the fuel trailers or the lube trailers, they're, they're very customizable. Um, and we do multiple different takes in a modular design. So we have the basis of 115, 55, and 25-gallon tanks. And we can combine those or daisy chain them together to give them, for example, if they wanted 230 gallons of or 250, we can kind of pair those tanks up and tie them together for one pumping system so they're not switching. And then, or we can do multiples of smaller quantities if they want as well. So very customizable. Okay. In, in, in terms of all, all over-the-road enforcement, the, the issues you run into, you're avoiding the hazmat, but my uh, understanding is you have to uh, manually turn the valves off or separate the tanks by shutting the valves off before you enter the road. Are there any kind of failure-proof modes for that, or do people really even enforce that in the in the field? There's actually, you know, a little bit of confusion sometimes in the field, so we do a lot of education okay. on, on, you know, 
needs to be done and what makes our trailers compliant. But, yes, you do absolutely need to separate those tanks. So that's on the fuel side for sure, right, whether it be yep. the fuel trailer or the fuel truck outfit. Again, back to the, the Class 3 combustible. And, and basically what we're shooting for is non-bulk packaging. That's kind of the terminology around it. Mm-hmm. Anything over 119 gallons in one container is, is when you need to have that hazmat endorsement. And by running the tanks to a manifold with valves and shutting those valves, you're separating each one of those tanks and making its own individual package. That's how we're getting around that hazmat endorsement. Um, and we do have a, a very unique feature uh, as an added option on the trailers and the trucks. It's an electric solenoid um, mm-hmm. system. Uh, it, it makes it, one, easier to use. It's more convenient. You don't have to go around and manually hit all the valves. It's operated through some toggle switches electronically. Uh, what happens is it just opens and closes those solenoid valves by hitting that toggle switch right next to the pump. And then we have lights and things like that tied into the trailer doors when you open up. So we just tie that, that bank and that switch system into that. So when the operator shuts the door, it automatically closes those valves and makes them the operator compliant when they're going up and down the road. So if they've got three different guys hopping in that tra- that truck and pulling a trailer that week, they don't have to be extremely well-trained or remember each time to shut those valves to be compliant. Okay, and de- dealing with customers, what are some of the most common issues that come up when you start talking to them about the trailers and the, and the, the multi-fuel units? What are some of the more common concerns, and what are some of the things that they get excited about when you talk to them? It's efficiency and, and the freedom to take control of their fueling and their operation. They're not waiting on a tank to get filled. They're not waiting on a fuel truck driver to show up. Um, something else is, is wasted time. A lot of these guys will have uh, guys on the crew that have tanks in the back of their truck, and they've got to run to the station to top off their tank. Well, when they do that, they're, you know, they're, they're buying their soda or their coffee and their cigarettes and they're wasting time and they're not on the job working. So it, again, it just drives back to that efficiency. You've got your fuel there. You've probably bought it and brought it from your cheapest source, which is your bulk tank on your yard, or you're able to have the freedom to source your fuel where you want and kind of shop. You know, I think as fuel prices continue to go up and up, everybody's a little bit more conscious about it. Even in your day-to-day driving, you're kind of watching, hey, who's got the better price on fuel? Well, most uh, operators owning a construction company are going to want to play that advantage, and the the trailer or the truck up that gives them that on the the fuel platforms for sure. Rental Mm -hmm. fleets are seeing more and more of their fleet out. The equipment fleets have very little on their yard. It's either sold or it's rented, and all that work and all that machinery creates more hours and creates more PNs. And a lot of these folks are seeing the equipment stretched and stretched on hours, which creates more failure, so they're trying to get ahead of that. And that's that's really where we're starting to see the popularity of the service and lube outfit and the service and lube trailer as well. Um, and then, too, interestingly enough, not only is the cleanliness of the diesel exhaust fluid a big talking point, but I'm starting to see more and more, uh, I guess, interest in just the way that we're handling fuel and the cleanliness of the fuel. So we have a 10 micron filter that's standard on all of our platforms, and then we have a combination 10 plus 4 micron as an as an an added option. And as many of these pieces of equipment, their final filtration is down to 2 micron. It's a lot easier to catch it at one source at the trailer than it is, you know, on an entire fleet of equipment if you get a dirty batch of fuel. And the fuel tolerances are getting tighter and tighter, and these injectors are extremely expensive to replace if you do get bad fuel. So we're also seeing some some benefit from that and hearing that back from our customers because now 
you know, they know they're getting a clean, you know, fuel source when they're pumping out of that trailer that's being filtered, as opposed to a stationary tank that's been sitting on that job site for a month that's been rained on and who's, who knows who's filled it up and stuff like that. Okay, and do you see movement from, like, fuel and lube trailers to where you have the general person on the field, he needs to grease, he needs to do other objects on there, too, or you have to pretty much have everything on the trailer? Yeah, and um, the service and lube trailer and the service and lube outfit both have the capability to have a pneumatic grease system. We can actually run up to 10 systems on either one of those platforms. So... uh, all the pumps are going to be air-driven, so there's typically a compressor or a hookup for a compressor that's going to be on the machine. So, you know, there's a, there's uh, capabilities to have electric, air, grease, multiple oils, uh, waste recovery, oil, antifreeze, and all these types of systems on the trailers or the trucks themselves. But you're talking about hydraulic fluids. You're getting even tighter than 2 micron, aren't you, for cleanliness standards, or is that another issue? It is, and especially when we get into uh, dealership needs and they mm-hmm. have to meet those requirements as they're going out and performing that, maybe not necessarily from the the, the um, operator, you know, the fleet owner's um, yeah. perspective, but when a cat dealer or a deer dealer is going out and performing that for a customer and those tolerances are tighter, we do have filter options and things like that that we can implement on the uh, on the trailers and the trucks on the service and loop side. You know, that's interesting you talk about the dealer. Are you seeing dealers moving away from these some of these full-blown service trucks and do more trailers and light-duty, you know, vehicles just for the servicing of the lubing of the construction equipment? I don't know that I'm seeing them move away from it, but I'm seeing them recognize that there is a, a definite need for an alternative. Okay. Uh, it just, again, so we made the fuel comparison, right, of sending out a 4,000-gallon tank wagon to drop 300 gallons yep. to send a 330,000 gallon or $330,000 loop truck out to do an oil change on a mini excavator or mm-hmm. a track loader. It's, it starts to really become a challenge for their profitability uh, when they're doing those services. Um, many times they can't, you know, and that's where they're seeking this product out is to kind of hit that, that niche. Okay. Where do you see the most growth? Is it in the contractor market? Is it in the rental store operators? Or do you see a big move in the dealerships on your products as well? I would say that right now it's definitely the the contractors, the excavating contractors is our number one source of customer Okay. uh, for for all products in general. Um, On the loop platforms, it, it would definitely be on the dealer side, whether that's the upfits or the service and loop trailers. I would say that that's leaning more towards... The, the very large companies or the dealer and rental houses. On the fuel side, um, obviously, again, the dirt contractors are our number one. But when we start talking about in the fuel delivery and maybe the multi-tank upfit for the fuel delivery on the truck side, that's more the fuel distribution as, as the customer. Okay. And you talked a little bit about the efficiency, too, as the fuel prices start to spike, because we expect huge spikes, fuel spikes in the spring. How do you think that's going to impact your business? And what message are you getting out to customers about the advantages of using your products? Uh, um, not only fuel pricing, but the demand with the infrastructure yeah. bill, the amount of work that needs to be done, especially in some of these areas where people are, are moving to in mass quantities and the amount of housing that's being built and projects and roads and and all the things that go along with all that infrastructure that has to be put in, it's, you know, to spend it up front on the efficiency and, and to keep that equipment moving and turning dirt 
that that is the message, right? Saving that time, saving the cost on the fuel, but more importantly, keeping that that iron moving and moving dirt and being productive. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Steve for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.